open your eyes and look into the darkness. Something strange is moving. Something grave and sinister. Something paranormal. Something ghostly. That sends shivers down your spine. It is chilling with cult class with your host, Caitlin. Welcome to Chillin' with Cult Class. I'm your host, Caitlin, and this is where we talk about everything spooky, strange, and unexplained. And I have my husband, Nick, here, helping me with sound, Googling, things like that. What's up, Nick? Hey, everybody. Not much. I am sitting in my... (laughs) I have a giant robe on that just came in the mail that I ordered on Amazon, and I put in, like, luxury robe, and it goes down to my feet. And it's Sherpa or something. I don't know where this thing came from. It's got a giant hood. But I want you guys to have the visual of me sitting here. And it's storming outside. It's thundering, storming, dark. I have this giant, giant Sherpa robe. And I am drinking spiked apple cider out of a children's cup that we bought for our visitors, right? We had visitors this week. Yes, yeah, we've had a lot of visitors. Yes, we, uh, we moved into our new house a few months ago. And we were so excited, we started renovating and really working on it mm-hmm. because we we never thought we'd even be able to live in a house like this, and mm-hmm. this house just happened to pop up. We were like, oh, I hope everybody visits. I hope our friends and our family wants to visit. Yeah, yeah. Visit. Uh, we built it, and they came. <laughs> They've been coming. Weekend after weekend after weekend yeah, after weekend. It's been awesome. It's been but terrific. It's been the best at last weekend. Um, we had some family in from Nashville, Tennessee, and... They brought their kid, and we didn't have any children's cups. Right. Yeah, so I ordered yeah. these along with this giant robe that I'm wearing that Nick did not know I ordered <laughs> until he walked into this room and saw me sitting here in the dark in this robe. We ordered these kids' cups, and they're actually great for canned alcoholic drinks. So that holds a whole can of that cider, huh? Yeah. That's really but cool. But it's so tiny. Yeah, it looks it's like smaller than my iPhone. It's almost like a... Uh... It's like a little goblet. It's yeah, like a little child exactly. goblet. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> I know, right? They're yeah. kind of modern. And what are you drinking over there? I have a uh, New England Brewing Company Sea Hag IPA. That's like the most popular IPA up here, I feel it, they're like. They're everywhere, it seems like. They're everywhere. Yeah. Is it good? Delicious. Yeah, Delicious. I really like it. Yeah. I'd like to try try one of those. I think those are my dad's like favorite. They yeah, are my yeah, dad's favorite. Yeah, he's the one who introduced me to him. Yeah. You've seen the have you seen the art on the I'm drinking the spike cider and the only reason I bought it is because the art on it is a Bigfoot carrying a boom box. It's <laughs> yeah, so I awesome. That, I saw that downstairs. We also discovered this little shack up the road from us because this family came and they were like, We really wanna try Connecticut lobster rolls. So Connecticut lobster rolls are like the buttery, like soaked in butter lobster, no mayo or anything like that. Just a ton of lobster drenched in butter on a toasted bun and french fries, which is amazing. So our family wanted that and we didn't have time to go to a place near the ocean. Well, we discovered the shack up the road from our house that was serving lobster rolls. And it's kind of one of those shacks where you're like, this is going to be amazing, or I'm going to get food poisoning. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, like, it was very clean, but it was like, 
this is like the local spot. This is like what it was. Yeah. And we were like, well, our family's here. We're just going to try to get these lobster rolls. And they were like the best lobster rolls. They were terrific. I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Yep, yep. Super generous portions, really good quality. I was really impressed. And the french fries were so good. Delicious french fries. It's our favorite place ever now. Yep, we went there again today for lunch. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, so delicious. And we are training for the half marathon. That'll be on Saturday, but you guys are going to listen to this on Sunday. So it's sort of like a back to the future thing where you're already going to know what happened while you're listening. Yeah, you'll keep them up to date on Instagram and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll post on my Instagram at colt.class and on the Chillin' Instagram at chillinwithcult.class about the half marathon because I know you guys know we've been training and I've been running a lot for this. But I'm sure it'll be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're I'm sure we'll have record times. Tie for first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for first place. Never done it before, but nope, we're going to we'll do great. See. Well, Nick and I were saying, we're like, okay, our goal is a three. If we do it under three hours, we're going to be... Like, we're going to be so good. Like, we're going to be so proud of ourselves. And then last night, they sent the time limits for this run. And the time limit for the run for the half marathon is three hours. After three hours, they kick you out. So we're definitely doing it under three hours. (laughs) Yep, now we got it. When you guys are listening to this, I'm probably going to be, like, icing my legs or theragunning my legs or something. I'm excited. I'm excited to accomplish it. Excited to get it done. One last thing. I have a huge drop coming up on crypto.com and my little spooky buddy is going to tell you about it right now why hello there children of the night who love the scariot of cult class Did you know that just in time for the spooky Halloween season, Caitlin of Cult Class has created a special sinister collection of NFT art just for you? That's right. It drops October 27th on crypto.com slash NFT. So don't delay and head to crypto.com today to check it out. And visit cultclassart.com for more information. (laughs) And remember, dark art fans, the only thing truly scary about these NFTs is that you might miss out. (laughs) Happy Halloween from everyone at Cult Class, and thank you for your scary support. Welcome to the movie club portion of the show. We'll kick off this week by talking about what we've watched recently. What have you been watching, Nick? So we started the Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix, the dramatization, and that's heavy. It was heavy. It was heavy. Yeah, we didn't get very far into it. We didn't finish the first episode, I don't think. Uh, You found the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. Yeah, so... Which is like the more real version, right? Yeah, so we we started watching the... um, if you're into true crime, it's good. 
and you want to learn about this, it's it's good. It's the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. It's the first time they're playing these tapes of interviews, I guess, with right, him, right? right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But it, it's heavy. It's dark stuff, but it seems to be very popular on Netflix right now. I have been watching a lot of The Unexplained with... William Shatner, right? With William Shatner. I was blanked on his name. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. That show is so awesome. Oh, and I've been watching a lot of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every time Nick walks in the room, it's like... One of those two shows is always odd. Both amazing shows. A lot of crazy stuff. Skinwalker Ranch is just crazy. That's that's just a really interesting show. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to do a whole episode dedicated to Skinwalker Ranch. But essentially, it's a ranch out in Utah where a lot of... There's a lot of Native American lore. There's a lot of government interest in this ranch. And so a aerospace engineer named Robert Bigelow got involved with the ranch with the United States government and they did a lot of tests out on this ranch and then they just stopped. They spent years and years on this ranch. Nobody knows what they discovered and then they stopped. And so now History Channel is there kind of, they have like a team and they're running experiments. Yeah. And there's always something crazy that happens. They see like flying orbs and stuff. A lot of unexplained stuff. Yeah. yeah. Definitely recommend that show just for, it's definitely less dark than the Dahmer stuff. For sure. Okay, let's jump into this week's movie. So so I chose The Ring last week for the movie club pick. I wanted to stay in the spooky season. I thought that the movie really held up. The last time I watched it was 20 years ago. It came out in 2002. I watched it at a sleepover. It was probably the first true scary movie, aside from Poltergeist, which was not as scary, that I had ever seen. I had not watched it since seeing it at that sleepover. It scared me so much. And even when I rewatched it this time, I was like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't tell Nick this, but I was counting down the days. I was like, okay, all right. It's been seven days. It's been seven days since I saw this. I'm still alive. (laughs) It's been eight days. Okay. I'm definitely in the clear, but there's just something about the movie that's so brilliant and scary. And I think the smartest thing about it is that when you watch the movie, you're actually also watching the VHS film. So you're also a victim of watching it. And then the whole movie is about this VHS film haunting these people and ultimately killing them. And spoiler alert, it goes unresolved. That's by the end of the movie, it's unresolved. So now you've watched it as the viewer. And so it really plants a seed of terror in your mind. It is a Japanese adapted film. Uh, Ringu or Ringu. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It was the original Japanese film. I always think foreign horror has another level of plot and they're just it's always darker like it's not as so much jump scare yeah especially like korean japanese horror yeah better narratives better you know it seems just like more well done than some the few that we've seen yes one of my favorite horror movies is the call it's on netflix i really recommend it it's a korean horror but the plot is is so complex for a horror movie. I feel that way about The Ring. Um, apparently it was, it's very different than the original. The plot is substantial in The Ring. I feel like you don't have to watch this whole horror movie. There are a lot of horror movies that are just jump scares and hollow plots. That's not The Ring. I feel like you get to go to the town that the girl is from. You get the whole story. You meet the townspeople. I mean, there's really a, a story to The Ring. There's a little bit of mystery the cinematography, the blues of it, it creates such a melancholy vibe, a very unsafe, cold, 
environment that's just really well structured and w- really well created. Mm-hmm. I don't always say that about horror movies. I, I I like horror movies, but usually the complexities of them are are limited. You know, they're good, but this movie it it, it really held up. I thought. What did you think, Nick? Yeah, I thought it uh, for being a twenty year old movie. I had a very similar first time viewing experiences you know, I, I saw it as a sleepover it was completely like scared to death at the time yeah 20 years later I found myself just like really digging into my phone while it was playing and yeah. kind of trying to distract myself getting snacks getting drinks some bathroom breaks taking out the dogs you know whatever I could do but uh yeah it was definitely I had sub that like really creepy creepy aspect to it that's something Nick and I do. We I don't think we actually say it out loud when we're watching the movies, but especially this movie, we we both kind of fiddle around on our phones. Like I'll sit on my Instagram <laughs> and then just act like we're watching. And yeah. then when it gets really That's scary, funny. we'll be like, oh, do you want a snack? <laughs> and we pause it. And this movie got a lot of pauses. Yeah. yeah a lot of pauses. Uh, this was hard to get through. So here are some facts about The Ring. All these facts I got from Mental Floss. DreamWorks bought the American rights to Ring You for $1 million, which is... For a movie, yeah. For a movie, a very popular movie, not very much. The Ring and Ring You are about 50% different, which doesn't surprise me. The Japanese Mm. version, I guess, is very different than the American version. We'll have to watch that. Mm -hmm. It rained almost every day when they filmed in the state of Washington, which that was appropriate because it's pretty gloomy. It's a gloomy setting in the movie. There were rings everywhere. The carpeting and wallpaper patterns, the circular kitchen knobs, the doctor's sweater design, Rachel's apartment number, and more were purposefully designed with the film's title in mind. Huh. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Now I kind of, I love those little Easter eggs. Now I kind of like want to go back and watch it. Yeah. During the daytime, of course. During the daytime. <laughs> to see it. To, 20 yeah, years from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, it, we'll, give it another 20 That's when we'll revisit it. They tried to get rid of all the shadows. This I thought was really cool. Rubinsky, the director, and cinematographer Bohan Bazelli used the lack of sunlight in Washington to remove the characters' shadows. The two wanted to keep the characters feeling as if they're floating a little bit in space, which definitely adds an eerie layer that's a very artistic, smart, extra touch. You can feel it. Yeah, definitely. A website was created by DreamWorks to promote the movie and to add to its mythology. Before and during the theatrical release, if you logged into anopenletter.com, you could read a message in white lettering against a black background warning about what happens if you watch the cursed video. Yeah. And you had you had <clears throat> some kind of fact about that yeah, too. Yeah, I saw there they have like one of like the most I think like infamous marketing techniques for any movie at least at the time and probably you know for a while also but they did this like guerrilla marketing campaign where they put like vhs's outside movie theaters when people would like come out they put it on their windshields they put it against their wheel so you'd like see it near local universities they go and like knock on a door and put one by the door oh and the idea is i it was like these tattered very like uh old looking tapes and you put them in the vcr and then i believe it was uh the trailer to the movie but like with no context. You just watch, essentially, like, the, the, mo- video. the video. But at the end, if I'm recalling this right, would be that website. So you go and then oh, you know, wow. look at it. But there was, like, no affiliation to DreamWorks or that it was a film or, wow. or anything. 
I don't know if it was That's me. That's brilliant marketing. Yeah, would I you, would. if somebody left a VHS on your windshield, mm-hmm. would you watch it? I'd put it underneath the front tire and drive over it as I left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, <exactly>. thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Right in the trash. No interest. Set it on fire. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. that's so weird. Oh, no. Verbinski didn't have fun directing the film. It's no fun making a horror film, admitted Verbinski. You get into some darker areas of the brain, and after a while, everything becomes a bit depressing, which I would imagine. For sure directing a movie like this i was depressed watching it for an hour and a half like <laughs> jeez davy chase scared herself that so that's the girl that played samara when davy chase who played samara saw the ring in theaters she had to cover her eyes out of fear of herself some people she met after the movie came out and saw her and were also afraid of her wow can you imagine walking out first of all can you imagine watching it out of the theater and she's standing there no thank you <laughs> No, I, can't, I don't know. I, can't I like I don't know even know what I'd start yeah. crying. Yeah, like I don't even know. And then this poor girl, she's so scared of her own shadow at this point. <laughs> yeah, oh my right. gosh! Jeez. Well, that's the ring. A good one. Definitely kept us in the Halloween <clears throat> arena. So this week, I wanted to pick something. We did Stephen King a few weeks ago, and I wanted to pick something from another horror icon. So this week's movie club pick is The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. I personally have never seen The Birds, but it has amazing reviews. It's a famous, famous movie. I was going to do Psycho, but I thought, I've seen it, and let's do something that's really classic, a little less slashery, and go for it. So between this week and next Sunday, watch Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, and we'll talk about it next Sunday. Follow me, if you will, to a magical town where it is always Halloween, thanks to a witch's curse. A town where leaves and escaped pages of the local Sentinel newspaper blow in the wind. A town where a distant radio can be heard playing 96.6 WOLF on its sinister speakers. A town where TV sets are tuned to cable access channel 20 WARY to watch the Monster Channel. In a town where the mayor has been serving his creepy citizens for 355 years now. This is sundown, so please come visit us and stay forever. This week's listener story 
is submitted by John and his dog Gunner. <laughs> and he sent me a photo of Gunner, and Gunner is a very cute dog. John wrote in about the New Jersey Pine Barrens and the Jersey Devil. So I've talked about the Jersey Devil in previous episodes, and I will in the future. I'm definitely going to dedicate an episode to the Jersey Devil because the Pine Barrens, where the Jersey Devil lives, is one of my favorite places in the entire world. The Jersey Devil is a cryptid, so when I say that it lives there, that's legend and and folklore. The Pine Barrens is a special forest because all the pine trees grow on sand and they grow so close together there's no other foliage there's like not a lot of rocks or anything it's just straight pine trees and it's so eerie and spooky because they grow close together and you really have no other landmarks to guide your way through the forest except for these pines and so they're it's very easy to get lost it's very dense in history the people who would go and live in the pine barrens were a lot of times criminals on the run or people who were kind of leaving society and they were called pineys if you live in new jersey or around new jersey i highly recommend checking out the pine barrens before halloween or in the fall and the winter because they are so cool and there's a what's the name of the town it's called batstow i think Uh, i think you're right Yeah, yeah it's like the town right Nick's Googling it right now. There's a town and you can go and you can check out the the houses that used to be in the Pine Barrens. It's really cool. And the little village that was there. Bastow Village. Bastow Village. Central Pinelands. Yep. Yep. Batstow. So if you want to check out the Pine Barrens, Google Batstow Village. Jersey Devil is a big winged creature. Its wings are sort of like a bat. And it's a hooven creature. Very scary. Very large. People claim that they see it till, still to this day. There's a lot of lore that surrounds the Jersey Devil. And again, I'll get into more of that in the future. What John wrote was a fact about the Pine Barrens that I did not know. Joseph Bonaparte, brother of Napoleon, moved to New Jersey after his brother was deposed in France. He lived in the Pine Barrens and reported seeing the Jersey Devil. This report was then followed up with mutilations of livestock and created some hysteria in the area. And that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that Napoleon Bonaparte's brother moved to the Pine Barrens. John also said there's a great X-Files episode about this. I love X-Files. X-Files is the best. (laughs) If you guys are interested in the Jersey Devil, definitely Google it. You can see some pictures. You can see photos of supposed recent sightings. And again, I'll talk about it in the future. Thank you so much, John, for that cool fact. And Gunner, too. And Gunner, too. <laughs> and they... <laughs> Thank you, Gunner. Thanks, Gunner. And as always, email me at gmail.com to submit your listener stories, to give me feedback, to send cool facts like this. And you can also DM me at chillinwithcult.class on Instagram. This week's scary story. Okay, we're staying in the spooky theme this week, and I am going to do a history of Halloween. These facts come from History.com and Business Insider. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. The Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of the summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of the year that was often associated with human death. 
Celts believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids, or Celtic priests, to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on the volatile, natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. To commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes typically consisting of animal heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. By 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended with older Celtic rituals. Halloween is just an old-fashioned way of saying the night before All Saints Day, also called Mass or All Hallows Day. This comes from the fact that November 1st is All Saints Day, a Christian feast dedicated to celebrating the faithful departed, including all the saints. In Christian tradition, people start celebrating major feasts the night before they take place. For example, Christmas Eve. The History of Bobbing for Apples There was a dedicated day in October to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of this celebration into Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. Apples make numerous appearances in Celtic mythology and are often connected to the other world. Bobbing for apples remains a popular party game. The reason? Well, the practice used to be considered a form of fortune-telling performed around Halloween, according to NPR. That's right, people would dunk their heads in a vat of water and try to bite into floating fruit in a quest to figure out their future spouse. Ladies would mark an apple and toss it into the tub. The thinking was that they'd be destined to whoever pulled it out of the water. That's crazy. That's really weird. So they'd mark an apple, then they would reach in there and try to get it, and then if it was marked, then they'd be that'd be their soulmate, essentially. That's their soulmate. Well, that's how we met. Well, that's well, fun fact for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Kate marked an apple, tossed it in, and I got it. <laughs> Can you imagine? I still got that thing. It's in the freezer, actually. Yeah. I bust out on our 10-year anniversary. Oh, our ceremonial apple. Yeah. Our really fortune weird. apple. Do you think that kind so, of stuff like still happens, though? Bobbing for That's apples? what I was going to say. Is like That's the germiest. We used to do that in elementary school. I now, I don't know here. what kind of like barbaric elementary schools we went to. I don't to. know. Yeah. But I don't know. those of you who have children, do your kids still do bobbing for apples at school? Or maybe pre-COVID they did this. Do they still do that, or is that like... Because that's the germiest thing ever. Looking at it now, yeah, that's really gross. That's <laughs> really you know. gross. Except for the one time that we met. Oh, well, they worked out great, yeah. The history of jack-o'-lanterns. Back in the day, folks in Ireland dubbed their carved fiery turnips jack-o'-lanterns, thanks in part to an ominous legend. One night, a conniving local drunkard named Jack trapped the Prince of Darkness in a tree by hacking a sign of the cross into the bark. In exchange for letting Satan climb down, Jack had him vow to never claim his soul. Jack proceeded to act like a jerk his whole life. When he died, he was not allowed in heaven, so he tried to return to his old pal, the devil. But Satan upheld his end of the deal, hurling a piece of coal from hell at the dead man, 
for good measure. Left without anywhere to go, Jack placed the blazing coal in a turnip and used it as a lantern. The dead man then set out, doomed to wander until he can find an eternal resting place. The history of trick-or-treating. Modern-day trick-or-treating is a combination of various traditions. Ancient Celts dressed up as evil spirits in order to confuse demons. In medieval England, soulers would go around begging rich folk for soul cakes on Halloween instead of threatening to play tricks. However, they'd pray for the people's souls in return for the cake. Throughout medieval Europe, mummering, dressing... Oh, is that the Mummer's Day Parade? Oh, like in Philly? Maybe. Mummering. I'm not sure of the history of that, but they, they do the Mummer's Parade. Huh. Throughout medieval Europe, mummering, dressing in disguises, and visiting neighborhoods while dancing, playing music, and doing tricks was popular on major feast days. I think that is the Mummer's Day. So if you guys look up the Mummer's Day Parade in Philadelphia, you'll see some really cool costumes. But there are mummers in, in Philadelphia. Time reported Irish and Scottish immigrants brought souling to the United States in the 1800s, but modern-day trick-or-treating didn't catch on in the U.S. until the 1920s. The practice was pretty controversial in the 1950s. Many adults raised stern objections to trick-or-treating over the decades, as it was often viewed as a form of extortion. The History of Black Cats In the Middle Ages, black cats were often portrayed as the familiars of witches, which is likely to be the origin of the distrust with which they were regarded in America, where early Puritan settlers rejected anything associated with the devil and witches. According to History.com, it was also believed in the Middle Ages that witches transformed into black cats to conceal themselves. I find that pretty interesting because cats, I feel like, are never just cats in history. They're like... The Egyptians worship them. Yeah, um, they have a a certain energy or a certain um, being about them that, like, is almost godly or something. Yes, yeah. And uh, I just find that that history of black cats to be really surprising because I didn't know that. And Mm. I never feel comfortable around cats. Yeah. I think they're always thinking something, (laughs) like, you know? I do, I do. Well, it is, yeah... I think that absolutely, and then all these little fun tidbits of history of how Halloween became Halloween and all of the traditions that we all celebrate. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. That was really fun to listen to. Oh, thank you, Nick. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Stay in the Halloween spirit. Go out into the spooky fall weather. Walk through some leaves on the ground. Watch some scary movies. If you don't like scary movies, go eat some candied apples or caramel apples or apple pies. And don't go bobbing for apples. Gross. I think, you know, I'm just going to put a hard stop to that. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to ruin your fun, but like, Final I, verdict, I'm you know, I'm here. not like the, the apple police, but I'm just saying. <laughs> do what you want. I don't do recommend what you, it. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Do what you want. But thank you all for chilling with me. Thank you, Nick, for being here. And I'll see you all next Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard.